The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Episode 340 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from practice. Our topic today is First Nations spirituality and healing. Spirituality means important things. It can mean hope and healing. It can mean recovery from troubled lives. It can mean living lives to the fullest. Spirituality is especially important when hope is on the point of being lost or has actually been lost. It's especially important when the healing from illness seems impossible because no medical cure exists. And spirituality is especially important when loss from physical, psychological or financial traumas seems overwhelming. Spirituality means that something hopeful and healing lies beyond. Spirituality is interpreted in various ways according to what our own lives have or have not taught us, the teachings of our religions, and the teachings of our peoples, all of which is why First Nations spirituality is so important to family caregivers and their family members. To discuss it, our guests are John Louis and Michel Labouquin. John is Men's Support Counselor at the Slamin Community Health Centre, He counsels Aboriginal men on drug addictions, domestic abuse, alcoholism, and depression. He'd been a logger for 27 years until injuries in a work accident ended the only career he'd ever known. By then an alcoholic, he checked himself into a drug abuse treatment center to point his life in a new direction. The new direction empowered him to proudly acknowledge his people's spiritual teachings, which he'd been taught to disregard by the Indian Residential School to which he was sent at age six. He says he learned truths that restored his pride as a man and as a native, truths he uses when counseling others. And he says, I learned what can be learned and can also be unlearned. Now, Michelle works passionately to inspire people to live lives of significance and optimum health and wellness. As a Métis woman of French and Cree ancestry, she strongly desires help to improve the health of Aboriginal people. She loves to share the medicine wheels 
emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual teachings for a holistic approach to health and well-being. Overcoming her own challenging life experiences and reconnecting to her Aboriginal roots, spirituality, and culture catalyzed her positive and healthy lifestyle style changes, which she teaches. She holds a diploma in applied psychology and counseling and various health and wellness certifications. She combines her education, culture, creativity, and experience by delivering workshops that inspire lasting, positive health and healing. Welcome to the show, John and Michelle. Thank you very much. Thank you. John, let's start with you. Please, John, tell us more about your work. John? Yeah, I've been doing this work for 20 years in my community. Um, As you stated in the um, intro there, um, I used to be a logger and I got hurt and that was my livelihood. And I was approached to go away for some training in domestic violence because there was a need for men. So that was 20 years ago. And when I started to do that, I started to, you know, along with going to treatment and that, I started to look into our culture. So I've learned from our, from that conventional way of going through the school process. But I've also learned from the, what I call the old people in my community and the teachings of our way. In, in our language, it's called our Tao. And that's our teachings. And I use that um, because uh, I work on the idea that people have to be proud of who they are. And because I work with First Nation men, um, I try to bring back who they are in our community. Right. Very, very, very powerful words, John. Michelle, please tell us about your work. Um, Thank you for having us on the show, firstly, and um, I also, because I'm not from this traditional territory, I want to acknowledge the territory that I'm speaking from today, and that's the Tlaam and First Nations, and it's located on the West Coast, um, home of the Coast Salish people. Um, I'm really grateful to be sharing this today. My work um, consists of health and wellness, and... um, Using mainly spiritual teachings um, that I've been given uh, more recently, uh, I worked in the software industry, banking credit union software, for over 15 years, and uh, I asked uh, the creator to help me uh, find a life of more significant for myself, and uh, this brought me into being able to te- teach the medicine wheel and uh, learn more about my own culture and teachings and um, the sacredness of, of life itself. And uh, I feel honored to be able to speak today about this. Thank you. John, back to you. Please tell us about the role of First Nations spirituality in your work. John? Yeah, I, when I think of that, um, I think about, you know, what has happened and Sometimes um, in our communities, um, the teachings have been put aside. Um, and 
my role is to try to bring that back, instill the pride that individuals are. Because when I was saying, um, you know, you have to be proud of who you are in order to make change. So that's something that I work hard at. Um, when an individual comes into my office, as an example, um, I don't go into the paperwork or whatever. Um, what I do is I listen to what they're here for. They're coming in for a reason, and I'm not going to try to push the paperwork on them right away. Um, I'll work with them and find out what's going on with them before I start to do any kind of work. If the individual is so wound up, um, this type of setting that we're in in the office sometimes doesn't work, and I'll take them out into the river or into the forest because um, I need to get him out of his mind. I need him to feel his body. When you're talking about the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional, a lot of the times people tend to just look in the one area and they're forgetting the other three areas. John, just very quickly, what are the other three areas? Well, when they come here, they're talking about the, either their physical or their mental, right? right. And then, um, you no, know, we've got to take a look at the emotional and the uh, physical, I mean, the spiritual, I mean. Gotcha. So, so yeah. you've got the four components. A lot of the right. guys come in, they're only dealing with one area, and they don't deal with that. So the healing doesn't really start to begin. So making them aware, you know, that there's other areas to work in. I like to uh, um, use the analogy, like if you drive a vehicle, you have four tires on them. And if you name the four tires, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and if you have a flat tire, would you drive it? Probably not. Why? Because, you know, the, something else may go wrong with that the um, tire, right, and cause, cause more to fix. And a lot of the times when you've got a flat tire, a lot of people are looking under the hood and figure, trying to figure out what's wrong. <laughs> yeah, very, very good analogy, that. Yeah. Now, Mich Michelle, please explain the role of First Nations spirituality in your work. Um, well, it's, it's everything that I do, really. Um, and like John says, uh, you can't operate um, on a couple tires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and often, I guess, uh, you know, the spiritual piece is always frightening, I think, for people. And uh, I like to view it in terms of the sacredness of who we are as human beings. And it's such an important part of who we are. And... Um, so it, it works along with everything else, the emotional, mental, and uh, physical. For example, if you're depressed, um, you know, if you're suffering from depression, it, you know, it affects your physical body and your ability to think and maybe your ability to connect spiritually. So they, I, I believe they do work together. And um, the First Nation spirituality uh, really encompasses the whole, whole person. Uh, and it's very simple. It's very simple teaching that anybody can um, can learn and can use in in their lives to find wellness. 
Now, uh, at that particular point, um, we we're going to call the break. This is where I like to say to everybody, we have to pay the rent, meaning there are commercials coming up. Yeah. So we're going to do that now, but we're going to return and explore all of these things that you've both been talking about in much greater detail. Um, all I can say is to you is that we are talking about something that's of very great interest and importance. Now, let's take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are John Louis and Michelle Labouquain. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We will be back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Ooh, Janet Are you happy with just accepting and passing along what the media, politicians, and government are feeding you? Or are you positively sick of it? It's time to get the real facts and form your own decisions. It's time to awaken the sleeper within you. Each week, host Dr. Nick Castellano will uncover various viewpoints and topics designed to inform and present the truth. Today's masses are manipulated by media coverage, and we will not become sheeple. Tune in to Awaken the Sleeper, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want to help make our world a better place, but not sure where to start? Tune into Better Worldians Radio with the creators of the social game on Facebook called A Better World. Join hosts Ray, Mary Sue, and Gregory Hansel, who will inspire you to make a big difference in small ways. They'll speak to experts, authors, volunteers, and everyday people who are changing the world daily. Better Worldians Radio is heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and John Louis and Michelle Labouquain. Our topic is First Nations Spirituality and Healing. Now, I want both of you, please, to talk more about holistic approaches and things like challenges. But let's focus first on the challenges. John, my question is, what are the most challenging of the challenges faced by the individuals you help in your work? What's really the most severe challenge that the kind of individuals you help, you work with, are facing? John? That's um, quite a question, really. Um, when I take a look at the um, things that I work with, um, the the biggest challenge I think is um, 
question of spirituality and the belief systems, uh, what um, what we call the churches and the religion, um, the, the belief systems that we we had on spirituality is a way of life, and um, because of the way we were brought, our lives have changed, and our people have become to a, a state where things have become normal. So when you go and try to help them, they kind of look at you, and it's a whole different way. So, you know, um, that's a huge challenge. And that's why I talk about who who you are. You have to be proud of who you are. And if you're told to be, to be something else, then you're not going to fully understand that. Let me just ask you a supplementary question to that. Um, you had the experience of the residential schools when you were a very young boy. Yes. Is that the, I'm going to use the word damage there. Is that damage still something which is affecting the people, the nation, and the challenges they face? John? To some degree, yes, um, because it's been ingrained in our for generations. Um, see, I went to those residential schools. I went, I spent eight years there, and in our community, our people were taken to those schools um, from 1912 until the late 89, 90s. So you have eight or nine generations of um, children that went to residential school. When that happened, they were separated from those teachings that I'm talking about. So that's why I talk about um, people mixing up what they think um, spirituality and religion. They, They see it as one. Right. Now, I'm going to ask Michelle... It's the same question. What are the most challenging of the challenges faced by the individuals individuals you help in your work? Michelle? Um, I would say, similar to John, um, because I work a lot with the multi-generational, what I call multi-generational survivors, uh, loss of culture, loss of identity, um, which then creates other things like um, addictions, suicide, um, many other um, things that people suffer from. <clears throat> and I think, you know, uh, pre-residential school, the whole uh, experience, individuals were, were like a child in a community was, was nurtured from infancy, and, and, and the community knew pretty well what they were going to be, um, you know, nurturing that gift in them. So if they were going to be healer, they knew really young that they were going to be healer, or they knew that um, that child had a, a gift for hunting or artistic talents. So those gifts would be nurtured from the time that they were a child um, until they became an adult. So that's what I mean by loss of culture and loss of um, identity, um, which then the, the things that come from that is is some of those sadder things, suicide, addiction, um, not knowing 
uh, not identifying with um, the sacredness of themselves and, and of all things, because those were all instilled um, from a very early age. And uh, so I think um, that that is a result of, of some of the things that have happened in First Nations communities and in Métis communities as well. Um, my own family suffered from addictions and loss of identity and loss of culture. Um, so I, I, I hope that's what you're, you're hoping to... Um, I hope that it gives a deeper understanding. Of- yes, it does, Michelle. It, it, you've answered the question about the most challenging of the challenges uh-huh. in a very clear and, if I may say so, alarming way in the sense that there's, some, there's more than most people, I think, outside of the First Nations communities would understand about the work you both are doing. Now, I'm going to ask John um, another question about challenging challenges, and it's the challenging of the most challenging of the challenges faced by the families of the individuals you help in your work. John? Yeah, uh, when I think about the, the families, you know, when an individual comes in, um, when you're talking about holistic and stuff like that, you've got to deal with the whole you know, um, the families get affected when an individual is hurt in one way or another. Um, and today's society, when somebody is hurt, they, they're they either sent to counseling or whatever. And um, it's shame-based. Um, going back into our teachings, when somebody did something wrong, and the families came forward and supported the individuals, and they went to the community. Then the community supported them. So the challenges are different for the families now. When you're talking about spirituality, it was a way of life for our people. You know, we saw, we had our ceremonies about when the child was born, they were celebrated, coming of age. They were celebrated, even to the point when a person has gone to their resting place. There was ceremony around that to help the individuals and to have have them in a place where they were valued. And that would I be right, John, in saying that First Nation spirituality? was really the common thread between all those stages of life yeah, uh, every, that you described. It, it was almost like an everyday thing. It, um, when I was talking about our Tao, our teachings, it talks about if you learn how to go and cut a fish, that was a teaching. Yes. When you worked with your grandmother or your grandfather, and they didn't tell you, no, don't do that. No, it was a teaching. They let you stay there right now and helped you with it so that you learn and you can carry on. There was no negative in it and telling people, no, you can't do it. So right. the teachings are, you know, that you respect everyone. And yes. um, 
when we talk about uh, spirituality, it talks about who we are. Right. Now, back to Michelle. Um, same question. What are the most challenging of the challenges faced by the families of the individuals you help in your work? Michelle? Um, this one, to me, is like when we're helping families or an individual who's suffering, let's just give an example from addictions. We send them off to a treatment center to get well, and then we place them back into the situation that wasn't very healthy to be in with. And in the First Nations culture, it would be the whole family would be involved in that, in that healing for that individual. And that isn't happening. And I think, because um, we operate very differently from the justice system to the medical system to uh, the ministries, the government agencies, um, they're not operating from a holistic perspective. I don't, uh, um, and the medicine wheel teaches that, you know, when the medicine wheel, it, it inc it's inclusive. It means that everything is interconnected, right? We're not separate. So we try to fix one problem. We're not fixing the whole problem. We're only looking at a piece of it. And I think that that is probably the biggest challenges that some of the families face. And I used to be a supervised access visit coordinator with some of the families that I worked with. And often that was the case. If the children were taken, the, the parent was left without any proper support. Children were put in foster care at times, but then the parent was left in their addiction and their trauma and their grief um, to stand alone. And I think that that's an important piece to, to think about, you know, and, and I, I'm hoping that some of the systems are starting to understand the difference in the way that we support people, um, a perspective of love and respect uh, and not just a single view of an individual. And we, we include those pieces, the spiritual piece as well, and I think a lot of systems, the spiritual piece is completely left out. We don't um, value that part of an individual or include it. Um, I don't know if I have time, but another example was um, an individual was admitted to the hospital with mental health issues, and um, in this territory, uh, cedar is very sacred, and it's protective, and so they, they removed that from, from this person. And they also removed the ability to have the family present. So those types of things... Um, I don't know, the First Nations way of, of dealing with health issues or any issues is inclusive and it includes, it includes um, more than just the individual. Yeah. But we have to operate in those systems that think um, sing, on a sing, singular basis. I don't know if I use the right words. Yes. What you're doing is bringing together 
things that have been separated and dealt with differently on the basis of different kind of assumptions of what the problem is and different ways of dealing with them. Mm-hmm. And what you're, what you're both doing is bringing things together so that the families and the individuals are all, so to speak, together and considered together and not will dealt with separately. Now, once again, unfortunately, we've come to the end of this particular segment. We're going to take the break, but we are coming back. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are John Louis and Michelle Labouquin. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to doc. G at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and John Louis and Michelle Labouquin. Our topic is First Nations Spirituality and Healing. Now, John and Michelle, please let's talk about the approach and types of counseling provided for individuals experiencing the, the types of serious challenges you've been talking about, and the approaches, for example, of the medicine wheel, and the way in which these approaches links, link with First Nations spirituality. So, John, please first, please tell us about the approaches in counseling to the challenges you've identified and the links with First Nations spirituality. John? Yes, um... You know, when I work with an individual that comes into the office, uh, as I stated before, 
I listen to what their stories are, and I don't get into the paperwork because, to me, that um, is disregarding disregarding what they're here for, and they're probably being told from their community members or family members or somebody out there, you should go and get some help or go and do this or go to treatment to take care of whatever it is. Now, when they come in here, they don't need to hear that from me. So what I do is I'll listen to their stories and, you know, we'll start to develop a plan based on these stories. A lot of the times, as I talked about before, if the individual is so caught up in his mind that uh, sometimes um, I'll just take him out and take him to the river and ask him to go into the river because I need him to feel his body. Yeah, yeah. So when he does that, then, you know, then they can start to calm down. Then you can start to talk to them and start to um, work with them because at that time, um, if he's caught up in upstairs in his mind, you're not going to reach him. Right, right. But if I can put it back to you in this way, if you've brought him down to earth in the way that you mean earth, that is the natural spirituality, as I understand that you approach, then you're going to be able to communicate with him and he's going to be able to communicate with you. That's right, is it? Yes, then I can start working with him and start talking to him about why are we doing this? What's the purpose? No, this is our way, right? Got um, it. So now, that's the identity that I'm talking about. Got it, got it. Now, Michelle, please tell us about the medicine wheel and its approaches to the challenges you've identified and the links that that has, the medicine wheel, with First Nations spirituality. Michelle? Um. Well, the medicine wheel is the uh, teaching that, you know, all things are sacred and interconnected. So, um, and it's, I I don't know if the listeners have seen a medicine wheel, but um, they can Google a medicine wheel and they can see it. Uh, But it's four equal parts. And within that circle are the four elements, earth, water, air, fire, air, the four directions, east, south, west, north, the four seasons, four stages of life, child, youth, adult, elder, spring, summer, autumn, winter. I'm trying to make this quick. <laughs> the four human races, meaning all human beings, the four um, parts of ourselves, the emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual. So within those approaches, um, often people forget about their spiritual sense of self and um, helping them connect, I think, you know, by John taking them and taking a person into the forest, it really helps them connect with that spiritual sense of self, right? It doesn't have to be a religious teaching. Um, and for me, uh, sometimes I will smudge people, um, and I just, it stops the mind from going. It's kind of like a mindfulness activity or being in the forest or, or being by the ocean or... Um, other traditional ways of, of, of working with people like healing circles or um, I've seen so many different things so it's hard to pull them on all in. Sometimes um, doing creative work, healing arts, will really help center a person 
so that they 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 build that trust. They they um, connect to maybe a cultural uh, activity that they're doing. Like um, I teach medicine medicine bags and. So then I can talk about the spiritual parts of ourselves using those types of tools, and uh, it's it's easier for people to connect to that rather than a, I think the term spirituality sometimes can can frighten a person um, depending on their experience of what that means, and um, so kind of you know using different tools and things to to create that trust and build that relationship. Um, and uh, John, uh, when he takes, takes he, I've, um, John is my elder, and, and um, he's used some of these um, tools with me, and it's just, just so, I don't know how to explain it, it's just very beautiful, kind of like the sweat lodge. It, those, you can't find that out in these systems. That we're working in. These are things that are um, uh, they, they touch you in deeper places. Right, right. Now I want to go to John and ask him about the Aboriginal Suicide Critical Incident Response Team and how that brings First Nations spirituality <clears throat> to individuals contemplating thinking about suicide. John. A number of years ago, um, I was approached to go and um, talk with other um, elders, if you may be, to talk about um, how do we approach it from a First Nation point. Because going back, um, you know, we didn't have a word for suicide, but it's happening today. Um on the West Coast here, um, there's 28 communities that were under the intertribal elf, and I was invited to go and sit there and have dialogue with those other First Nations. So we started to take a look at, okay, how can we, and through that process, um, we formed what we called the Aboriginal Suicide Critical Incident Response Team. And short form is assert, and we w- we would go into the communities and support those communities in supporting their family members. Um, a lot of them, because of some of the issues that we've talked about, um, the residential school, the identities, and stuff like that, um, people are not proud of. So they pass that on. Um when you're talking about alcohol, um, you know, I drank as a result of what had happened to me in the residential school, and I passed that on to my children. And a lot of our communities, that happened, so there was a silence, so the teachings never continued. And the individuals that were doing these, um, the term suicide, it was um, a word that wasn't used. Um, but this was happening in these remote communities. So right. when that happened, nobody took a look at it. 
Yeah. But if you went into a major urban center where you had two or three, then it became an issue. Yes. So the idea of coming together and working together, like I can talk from my community, but a lot of people wouldn't probably listen to me in my community. So the idea of going into another community um, and doing it there, that was the structure that we had. Um, because people were more accepting. Yeah. So yeah. Um, spirituality, um, you know, when you hurt yourself, you hurt your spirit. Yes. And that wasn't part of uh, who we were. When we do our ceremonies, the sacredness of our cedar, the spiritual baths, the ceremonies of the burnings and the brushings, it wasn't about suicide. It was about respecting that body yeah. with everything in it. So that's where the teachings come in. Now, I'm going to ask Michelle to say, you've already said a lot about the medicine wheel and how it works, but could you just say some more about the combination of First Nations spirituality and how it leads to healing and health? Michelle? Yeah. Um, well, I guess for myself, I'll just use my own story, for example. Um, I struggled with addictions, and uh, for many years I grew up in a family of addictions uh, and talked about loss of identity, loss of culture. And I remember my first experience sitting in a sweat lodge. I just It was the first time I really felt at, a, at home and at peace. And I, I just, all I could do was cry. And I think often that is the experience of many people who experience it for the first time or, or take that um, leap of faith to try something cultural or spiritual. Um, and for me, that was the moment of healing and my path to health and healing and using my experience of um, to help others now. Yeah. Because it's, it's taken me so far and, uh, and I'm learning more and more each day and getting to experience n n new and, and different ways of teachings and um, it's it's hard to describe. I, I guess um, just to experience it and yes. is just the most, for me, the most beautiful and the most healing thing that can happen for a person. And it's, you know, we often have people who aren't uh, First Nations who get to experience it and, and are just um, so moved by the experience. And I, I think right. that's it, it connects people in the heart and in, in their spirit. That is to say it can be shared. You're sharing your experience, you're developing your experience, and you're sharing it with others who n need the kind of help that you're able to give. Yeah. And that's, so, that's a wonderful story. Now, once again, time flies. We're going to have to take the break, so we'll do that now.
This is Dr. Gordon Atherley and my guests are John Louis and Michelle Labouquel. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. There are over 140 million products manufactured worldwide. It is impossible to know the ingredients in these products, especially those made overseas. Stan Salat, creator of the HSF Mark and the Counterfeit Mark Alliance, is the host of People to People, working together for your safety. Stan believes in our right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in consumer products and whether they are counterfeit. Find out how you can protect yourself every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. The world we live in has become a crazy place. Poverty is at an all-time high in the wealthiest nation on Earth. We keep calling on government to save us with new programs. And now, we have more people using food stamps than any time in our history. This problem continues to get worse. The answer to poverty is in our homes, churches, and communities, and through our children. Get the answers from The Mickey Ellison Show, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and John Louis and Michelle Labouquin. Our topic is First Nations Spirituality and Healing. Now, please, both of you, I'd like you to talk about the things you would like to see done to promote understanding of First Nations spirituality. John, what more would you like to see done and by whom would you like to see it done to promote understanding of First Nations spirituality? John? Well, one of the things... um you know, when I think about um, all the work that I've been doing lately, we've been working on this reconciliation. And part of that, um, we did a ceremony. Um, when I think about that, there's what the First Nation people have to do. Um, I think they're doing that. The other side of it is um, getting the public or... Um, to understand that our ways weren't bad. So, you know, the things that we do um, is, was to help, right? Yeah. So that's just plain and simple. Is um, you know, there has the education has to be there with it. Yeah. 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 Now, Michelle. Same question. What more would you like to do and like to see 
done to promote understanding of First Nations spirituality? Michelle? Um, I, I think, you know, I, I do a workshop in particular. It's called, uh, it's a medicine wheel teaching. And uh, it, it shows people how the interconnection works. So I think that people could do some reconciliation work, like John said. Um, they had a huge walk in Vancouver with about 40,000 people walking together. Really? And it was a beautiful uh, ceremony uh, and, and support. So I think, you know, doing activities of reconciliation, supported by whoever can support it, Whoever has an interest in that, um, obviously some of those things cost money, um, but yeah, and whoever has the desire to to uh, promote it, and I think that's being done. It's really awesome to see in, yeah. in small ways, but they're they're impacting larger arenas, and that's probably why we're speaking to you. So we're promoting yeah. it by doing this. Yes. yes. <laughs> I certainly hope so. I certainly <laughs> hope so. Now, John, I'm coming back to you. What's your message to individuals and families who are seeking healing and health? What's your message for them, John? Well, uh, finding that support that, you know, of, um, in the way they want to heal. Because um, healing just isn't one way. No, they got to be comfortable in it. Um, like when I was talking about that individual that comes in, you know, he's coming in for counseling, but, you know, to get him on that journey, um, I provide them with a lot of different, what um, Michelle calls, tools. You know, it could be the anger management, it could be addiction, it could be drug awareness, or it could be um, family violence. You know, we can pro provide them with um, a variety of um, what I call a smorgasbord of ideas that they may try um, and work with one. And far too often, a lot of them try to do multiple, and they wonder why it doesn't work. Right. So finding the proper support and the proper tools, I guess, um, whether it's um, tradition, I mean, conventional counseling or traditional ways, and uh, you know, kind of think about it. What works for one may not work for another, so right. you find the right one. Right. Now, Michelle, again, same question. What's your message to individuals and families who are seeking healing and health, Michelle? Um, I think the most important thing is, is to to be open to explore and find what works best. Like John said, it's what may be good for one person isn't for another. But I think we have to be open to try new things. Um, for example, it took me probably about six months before I even stepped into a sweat lodge. <laughs> and I wish I didn't wait that long. <laughs> Because it was so beautiful, and um, so I guess is just just to try things once, and then you'll know whether it's going to 
be helpful or not. And uh, I, you know, I think that when people are seeking healing and health, to to have a holistic view of what that means to themselves, as the medicine wheel teaches, not just one part. It's it's um, you know there there's four parts to ourselves, and so remember those parts when you're looking for healing and health. Um, that it's you know we're interconnected. We're not separate. So all of those pieces are important, and to find maybe balance in those areas. Yeah. Yeah. Hope that was helpful. Very much. Now, what I want, unfortunately, we've come to the end of this very, very important episode of Family Caregivers Unite. But what I want to say to you both is that the spirituality that is there in everything you do in one way or another. You adapt what you do to the individual, to the life, to the challenges. But overall, the combination of what you do in your programs and spirituality brings hope in situations where without the spirituality and the services you provide, there would be little or maybe no hope at all. And it seems to me that that's a very powerful message. And when you say that people who are not Aboriginals go to your programs, um, I can understand why, because it is that sense of the spirituality that brings hope and healing and that lies beyond the problems we have, but nevertheless lives within the world that we are. John's comment about taking somebody to the water because that makes them aware of themselves, I think carries that message very well. So I want to say thank you to both of you very sincerely. And I really do want to wish you in the strongest possible way continued success in the work you're doing because it matters and it matters to many people and I would like to think as Michelle commented that we are together the three of us now helping get the message out and if that is the case then I am very proud very proud and honored to have worked with you both so I want to say thank you to our listeners we'd like to hear your comments on this episode and from our listeners I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show our next episode will be feasibility of de-identification of genetic data please join us same time same spot on the internet talk to you then Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being around. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 